This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Man, I know. Growing up, I feel like I was always the person in the group that never believed anybody. I used to always be like, nah, you lying. <laughs> and my friends used to always be like, Mo, you got to stop being like that, man. Why you always think everybody lying? I say, because people be lying, man. They be lying. I'll be sitting there listening to a story or something. And all my friends would be hype. Yo, you already said. And I'd be like, he's lying, man. How do y'all believe this, man? He's lying. They're like, Mo, you stop being like that. You're negative, bro. Everybody's not always lying. What if he's telling the truth? I said, if he's telling the truth, that's amazing. But you know how I know it's not amazing? Because he's lying. In all these years, it's kind of always been that way. My friends still look at me and be like, you're bugging. Everybody's not always lying to you. And maybe they're right. But they're not. <laughs> you know how I know they're not? Because all of those years we were trying to figure out if people are always lying or not. We didn't have the luxury that the generations of today have. Instagram. If Instagram has not proved that I have been right all these years, people are out here lying. None of it's true. And I knew it before Instagram. I told my friends. It was all lying. That's what people do. And that's what social media has showed you. Part two. Welcome to In The Moment. Yeah. It's a special edition of In The Moment. It's part two of a two-part, two-hour series. And there's a moment in everything, and everything is a moment. I talk about the comedy in it all. This is your first time. Welcome to the funniest podcast you have never heard. I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitch, or your money back. Shout out to all my regular listeners and my new listeners. Part two of the two-episode special that you are getting in four days instead of having to wait two weeks because it's lit. All right, let's keep it 100. I just want the truth in everything you say. So I feel like I should tell this story just to remind people that Sometimes things may not necessarily happen when you feel as if they should, but that doesn't always mean that they're not going to happen. Because he may not always come when you call. <laughs> but he's always on time. And it's true. Because I'm in somewhat of an exciting time in my life, musically, because I'm getting to be creative for a reason. And I go back, for those who may not know, to a time when I was coming out of college. And I was asked to come write for Murder, Inc. And this was around the time when Murder, Inc. was a big deal. It was Ja Rule, it was Ashanti, it was Lloyd, Surf Gotti. One of the biggest record labels in hip-hop by far. Had it on Smash for a while. And of course, there was a decline, which a lot of people are familiar with. But at the same time, 
as an up-and-coming artist or an up-and-coming writer, you're excited to be in this environment regardless. And I'm telling this story, and it's in full, because maybe it'll help someone who's pursuing a dream or a goal, because life certainly has a way of making you feel as if there's only one door. I've spoke about this before. I think it was on my Instagram. I don't think I did on my podcast, but I'm a firm believer in there is more than one door. Life naturally has a way of, like I said, making you believe there's one shot, one opportunity to seize the moment, everything you've ever wanted. And if you end up with your palms being sweaty and mom's spaghetti on your shirt, well, you tried it. <laughs> right? You get one shot at that girl that you really like, and if you mess it up, you'll never find anyone to love you like that ever again. You get one shot to execute that job you've always wanted, and if you mess it up, your fate is changed forever, and you're done. If you lose in this finals, you may never get back here again. Sometimes it's true, but not all the time. A lot of times, people find out in life that if a door closed, Sometimes you just got to go through the window. If you ever been young and you was in the young lady's room and her dad came home with the shotgun of room over, figured that out pretty quickly, actually. I don't like the mindset that some people have of you only get one shot. There's more than one door. Very rarely do you see a hallway with one door in it. There's usually multiple doors. There's another door to go in. There's another opportunity. And usually it's better. A lot of us... Get out of that relationship that we thought was the best thing smoking till it wasn't. Met someone new. Forgot all about that turmoil and toxicness you were dealing with before. Wondered why you didn't get out of it sooner. I think life is kind of the same way. Sometimes you got to get kicked in the ass to move. You get comfortable. Talked about comfort zones last week. It's real easy to get Stuck and caught in this comfort zone and not allow yourself to move because you don't want to deal with the pain, the newness, the change, the adjusting, all of it. But there's more than one door. Just because one closes doesn't mean another one will not open. It's not a game show. You don't have to choose between one, two, and three, and then you're just done with what you pick. You're stuck with what you pick. It's not exactly how it works. And... Sometimes things come back around because timing is also important and it's everything. Sometimes it's just not the right time until it's the right time. And I certainly thought when I would go into the studio that they called the crack house back then, told a few stories of some of the moments I've had there being around these big time artists who were doing major things and trying to get my feet wet. And I remember being in the studio playing my music for Irv Gotti, big-time producer, playing my music for Ja, big-time rapper, and them listening to it like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> listen to maybe 10 seconds of it. Uh, what else you got? Played another one. Listen to another eight seconds of it. Uh, nah, ain't it. Keep working, kid. And I'm like, hold up. Put my all in that, fam. Thought I was ready. It was devastating. When at that time, I'm young. The world feels like it's on my shoulders, and here I am out here trying to get a deal, trying to get some attention, some notice, something. 
get these guys tell me this ain't it. It's crushed. It's devastated. That's the one door. What am I going to do? There's no other doors. There's no other opportunities. I'm, everything I've done was for this moment, for them to tell me I wasn't good enough. Comedy wasn't much different. Went on stage and killed my first two shows ever. I crushed it. Couldn't believe how good I was when I considered how nervous I was. And how little I really knew about what it took to be a comedian. But I was on fire those two nights. When did the third show? Crickets. All night. Got off the stage. I was embarrassed. I had to tell my friends, yo, I'm never inviting my friends out again. They was like, man, shut up and come get drunk with us. It's your third show, bro. You wildin'. But in my mind, it's over. I'll never be the same. <laughs> so we think a lot. We allow that to seep into our minds sometimes through failure. Not realizing that most of the time, failure is one of the better things that are going to happen to us. In most situations, that's where the lessons really are. And yep, I'm the same guy who still wants to go to God and question why it's that way. But it really is that way. Got to fail. Oh, okay, that's what I did wrong. This is why I could be better. Let's go out there and do it again. I didn't realize how much Aaliyah's number one tune of if at first you don't succeed, dust yourself off and try again was real about life. Because you're going to fail. You're going to fall. It's going to happen. It's undeniable. You can't have the mindset of once I go down, I can't get back up. A lot of fighters go through that. Be 30 and 0. Then they get one loss. 30 and 1. They're never the same. I suck now. Yeah, 30 wins, bro. Yeah, but that one loss, can't let that one loss overcome you. Go get 30 more wins. Now you're 60 and 1. You're a legend. 60 and 1 look different than 30 and 1. But you don't know that until you get to 60. That's why after that first loss, you got to go out and keep winning every single time. You go keep winning. Because, okay, maybe your first seven fights, maybe you lose three of them. You go four and three. The whole world's going to tell you you trash. Until you win your next 50. Now you're 54 and three. You know what you are? A Hall of Famer. You're a legend now. Boxers have done that. Bernard Hopkins is one of them. Lost early. Won everything from that point on until they became a legend and fought too long and started losing again. But that's another story. If at first you don't succeed, you keep going. I used to go to that Murder, Inc. studio by myself. It was Hood in there, too. They weren't playing. I was either by myself or I was with my homeboy. Had a little protection in the bag. I don't use this platform for that, but y'all know what time it is. Going up there, ready to face whatever was going to happen to us that night. We didn't know. Been there till 4, 5, 6 in the morning. Waiting our turn. Ready to rap, ready to battle, ready to do whatever. Right for whoever. Shanti walking here, I got something for. Lloyd walking here, I got something. Every day. I was the only person in there every single day. It was around that time when I was in the studio, the time I told y'all when I met Jay-Z for the first time. But I didn't really meet him, I just saw him. But he walked into the room, I'll never forget. There's a bunch of dudes in the room playing 2K. I was the only one not playing. I was in a corner. Mostly because I just really didn't talk to anybody. I stayed to myself. But I had a notepad and I was writing songs. And Jay walked in and he looked around and he was like, wow, everybody in here must be rich. And I just remember everybody looking at Jay like, damn, they was, they were taken aback. It was Jay-Z. They felt the way like, it's like God walked in the room. And they was like, Jay, Jay, they wanted to talk to him. He was like, y'all must be rich. He wasn't friendly at all. Y'all must be rich. Y'all ain't here playing video games. It's a million dollar studio. And one of y'all in here working on a hit? Oh, you already made it. 
And I'm looking like he rich and already made it, and he still ain't in here playing 2K with y'all. But I was in the back. I just took notes. I ain't even try to run up on him. The rest of the room tried to run up on him. I ain't do any of that. I kept working on the song I was already working on because I said, one day, I'm going to be the guy that makes the hit. And then that led me to the moment when I thought it was my moment to make the hit. And they listened to 10 seconds of my song and told me to go home. I could have easily went into this shell and never tried again. Could have just decided to play 2K every time I came back to the studio. I could have stopped believing in myself. I could have became T-Pain and went into four years of depression because somebody prominent in music told me I was trash. I had a lot of options at this point. I didn't do any of that. I went into my little depressed bag for about a week and I got off my ass. Let's try it again. Okay, you didn't think that was a good song. Well, now I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen to every song on this label. All of the ones that have gotten y'all platinum plaques. And I'm going to make a song better than every single one of them. I don't know how. I'm going to do it, though. I promise you I'm going to do it. It's going to be better than Jai's hits, Ashanti's hits, all that. That's where my mind was. Even at 21, 22, however old I was. Was it realistic? Probably not. <laughs> but you couldn't tell me that. I was damn sure going to put my all into it, and I did. And I made a song that did a lot of work for me. Made me some money and everything. It was a fire-ass song. Pretty sure it wasn't better than put it on me. But... It was fire. And then I kept with that mentality. And I kept with that attitude. Just to fast forward, years later, life would bring me back full circle to be in this position again. And I'm in the same room. Well, it's not the same room exactly. It's a different room. But same situation. This time the room is in Atlanta, in a mansion, some different people there, different situation, but I'm playing my music for the same person. And he loves it. And it's lit. And now they want me to do more songs for the BET series. And me and my guy, Case Money from 1901, are working on that as we speak to get it on the soundtrack and to see what we can do. And I'm excited about it. At the same time, it didn't, when the moment came, it didn't feel like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. It felt like, here we go. Let's get it. Yep. When you work that hard and your belief is that high, when the moment comes, you ain't, you ain't shocked. You're grateful. You're excited. You're hungry, but you're not shocked. Oh, all right, took long enough. Let's get to it. Because you always believed that there was more than one door. So when that door closes now, it different. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, great. That means that I'm not dreaming big enough. That's how I see it. When a door closes, my mind immediately goes to, oh, there's more. I should be going for more. Damn, if I thought door number one was popping, can we imagine what door number three is about to be about? That's where your mind should go. When that guy leaves you, when that woman leaves you that you thought was the end of the world, sometimes it's simply for you to step back and realize just how much better you can do. <laughs> sometimes you need a little push. Same thing with a job, same thing with a friend. List goes on and on. But either way, you see it. Patience, persistence, 
These things will put you in places that you didn't even think were possible. As soon as you throw a little bit of faith in the mix. Patience, persistence, and prayer. Say it all the time. Those are three Ps. Need them all. You need a lot of other things too, but, you know, it's a good start. And I don't know what will happen with us making this music at this point, but I'm pretty confident that we're going to do really major things with it. Either way, it will be an accomplishment. And the results of what happens when you have some patience, persistence, and prayer. I say all of that to say don't always focus on the results that you get during the journey because they will not always be the results you get at the end. So don't be discouraged by the bumps in the roads and confuse the speed bumps for dead ends. There's a huge difference. And usually that difference is the difference between the mentality of believing that there is one door as opposed to there being multiple doors. Unless you just suck. Then there's one door. And you get one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted. Who's next? I, for the ladies, sometime I got a little moment where I talk to the ladies. This is one of those moments. This, uh, uh, this lady went viral on TikTok. Username is I am that O-I-U. And... I don't know what that means, but she had a clear message in this video that went viral and the men were like, hip, hip, hooray. And then there were some women who were like, I respect it. And there were other women who were like, get her out of here. There were some people who reacted the same way they did when they wanted to cancel, cater to you. But they didn't want to cancel bills, bills, bills. Or scrubs. But that's not here nor there. This young lady had a message. She used her platform to share it. And I'm just curious what you ladies will think once you hear it. Bars. I hear a lot of men asking, well, what do you bring to the table? And women are now so attractive and, you know, making money and all these things. So we feel like, well, that automatically makes me a good catch. Look at me, I'm attractive and I make some money. Do you understand that even if you have a good paying job, a man will walk past your six figure making self and as, as attractive as you are and go to the mugly girl at Burger King because she knew how to be his piece and how to give him what he really was looking for. It doesn't matter what you make. Men don't care. When men ask you, what do you bring to the table? They're simply asking, do you know how to be my peace? Will you listen to me? Will you encourage me? Will you help me to pursue my dreams and to be a better man and a human being? Are you compassionate? Are you kind? Are you loving? Are you nurturing? Will you pray with me? Will you pray for me? I'm out here fighting the world. I don't want to come home and fight with you too. If I'm going to fight, I hope that you'll fight with me and fight for me. Are you going to be everything that I need? Because at the end of the day, what I'm really looking for is peace and stability. They will walk past everything if you're not that. Now, there's nothing for me to add to this, so I'm just going to move on. But if you feel a way, I just want you to remember, she said it, not me. Who's next? All right, questions of the week. Since I'm trying to give y'all a two-hour episode split up in four parts, I figure why not answer some more listener questions and 
I rang and you guys answered. So let's get into it. All right, first question comes from Ashley Nicole. Do you want radio to always be a part of your career now? Um, it's a good question. I would be fine either way. You know, radio wasn't something that I saw happening for me. It kind of just happened. And I'm grateful that it did because I've learned so much from it and it's done so much for me. So being that I never thought it would be a part of the equation, and now that it is and it's done so much, I don't really want to jump out there and have a want for what's next. I don't know. I would be happy if it were. I would be happy if it wasn't. Because, again, that's all a part of realizing that there's more than one door. So, so long as radio is in my life, I'm going to do my best to become the absolute best radio personality I can become. But if it wasn't there, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But... Now that it is here, I, it's difficult for me to imagine my life without doing any form of radio. Maybe even if it's not a morning show and just a podcast or an afternoon show, whatever the case, I feel like comedy will always be my first love in this world. But radio has certainly gained a place in my heart. So to answer your question, chances are I'll probably always be involved in radio some way or another. Who's that? Dana Louise says, no question, just be nice to the Leos in your next Leo Astrology video, please. Well, that's nice of you to reach out and ask me that, and I appreciate it. No. Who's next? All right, uh, what is the greatest lesson you have learned from moving to Atlanta? Um, it's kind of two things, really. One big, one small. I think the smaller one is just to relax. <laughs> Honestly, to slow down sometime. As a New Yorker, or I think for anyone who's kind of moved from up north to down south, you somewhat realize immediately that you have a tendency to do everything at full speed. Everything is fast. You talk fast, you think fast, you move fast, you operate fast. And because of that, you have a lack of patience for people who may not move at the same speed as you. And in the south, everything happens a lot slower. So... Sometimes you're annoyed that your friend ain't walking as fast as you or is not seeing things as quickly or is not here, there, there, everywhere, but they're enjoying life. And I think that's kind of a lesson that you, you somewhat learn as you get older and certainly as you move to the South. Because when you're living that way, because that's kind of how the city moves in New York, the city that never sleeps, yes, you get caught up in it because you have to move fast. You'll get walked over. You'll get talked over. But at some point... While you're doing that, life is also moving fast, you know, and you're not really taking in the moments and embracing certain things. So I've learned to really just kind of relax, take it easy, embrace the moments more, be in the moment more. With people, with family, with friends, just in, in regards to everything, I've kind of learned to ease up a bit, which, is, which has helped me. And my patience, for sure. So that's the smaller one. The bigger one, I'd say, is I've learned how important it is to be able to adjust in life. It's, it's inevitable. Life is going to happen. And if you ever want to really be successful or accomplish major things, you are going to have to adjust a lot. Emotionally, physically, mentally. You can't just 
get comfortable and think that things are going to always come to you and they're going to be easy and they're going to come on time when you're ready for them. Like, that would be wonderful, but that's just not the way life truly operates. And if you don't learn that lesson early, well, learning it late, you're going to have to learn it on the fly. And that was one of the things I learned in moving to Atlanta is in order to truly become the person that you are meant to be or that you even want to become, you're going to have to go through some adjustments, man, in a lot of different areas. And things are going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be new. It's going to be different. Most people are not necessarily excited about change, but that's where the gold is. That's where most of the beautiful things about life lie in that area of uncomfort and change and you have to be equipped and able to adjust and to adapt and that was the biggest lesson I've taken from kind of packing up and taking my life from one realm to another from one place to another quickly and those are the lessons that really carry you and help you in life when you need them so be ready willing and able to adjust at all times how does it feel knowing so many people love you and haven't even met you? Oh, wow, that's a great question. Um, You know, sometimes, to be honest with you, you don't feel that as much as you would think someone in that position would. For a while, when you do, like, radio and podcasting and things of that nature, you don't really always feel the love or know how many people you're actually impacting. Until you really get out there and you start doing shows and you start to meet people and you start to have certain things happen to you. And you're like, oh, my God, this is this is the most beautiful thing ever. It really is an indescribable feeling when you realize that you are impacting people from a distance in such a way that they love you and they appreciate you. And they're, they're grateful for you and your words and your wisdom and your experiences and all these things. It really is an indescribable feeling. But it takes time to get comfortable with it and to even know it's happening. Because sometimes you don't really have a clue till you somewhere one day and somebody stop traffic and hop out the car and be like, Mo, I love you. And then everybody's looking like, what the hell is happening? And you don't know either. You, I love you too. Yo, she stopped traffic. And I was looking at my friends like, I told y'all I was lit. They was like, yo, this is crazy. And... She literally stopped traffic, got out the car, ran across the street to give me a hug. It was one of the greatest moments I've ever experienced. I mean, she just wanted to give me a hug. She's like, yo, every day you get on air, I listen to you. You, you know what I mean? Your, your feelings, your opinions, your voice, everything. I just rock with you, man. You inspire me. I listen to you at work, and I be ready to get it. And she just, she literally stopped traffic to do this. And it was one of the greatest moments of my life. I was like, this is exactly what you wake up for every day. And regardless of what's going on in your life, you figure out a way to get to that mic and just give whatever you got for moments like those. So to answer your question, as much as you go through the phases of not even knowing that that's a thing, once you do feel it in those pockets of time, in those moments, it's indescribable. It's one of the best things you will ever feel by far. So thank you for all the love. I'm very grateful. And I love y'all back. Who's next? And last question I'm going to do today. Do you search for love or do you let it happen on its own time? Um, that one is a little less difficult for me. I let it happen. I went through phases of feeling like I had to always be in control of these things. Love and fate and destiny and all of that. 
always got to kind of put your hand in it, stir the pot, and make things happen. And in a lot of things in life, that is the case. But when it comes to love, I, I feel like a lot of that is just destiny, man. You know, when you hear the stories of how love happened to people, and this person had to be in this place, and that person had to be in that place, and this had to happen, and this had to go different, and they had to miss this shot in order to get to this. It's crazy. It really is insane how it happens a lot of the time. And once you really know that, you realize, well, maybe this is bumper cars, and I don't have as much control of this car as I think I do, and I just got to take these bruises until I get to the end. And that's kind of how I believe it to go. So I don't force it. Um, I just literally said in one of the rhymes I just wrote, it's things you no longer force when you discover the force. You realize that it's just it's something about this universe that what that what's for you is for you. And you have to go get it, but at the same time, you can also blow it. So it's important to know when things are in your control and you got to be hands-on and when things are out and you just got to be prepared. They don't always need to be forced. Who's next? All right, sicko award. I'm from a town where it's quite clean that only the night kids. And like kids get drowned out by bright fears. With little kids got to learn to grow and fight tears. Dreams ain't reality. Reality is nightmares. So I make my calm sprints on I'm next tell. You should try to find some brains. I hear sex sales. Truth is, when I ride by next hell, like, that's really to get my exhale. They on the sidelines waiting to talk. Seem to be a lot of birds that he waiting to hunt. Trying to find why I'm the guy they hating the young. While I'm paving the way, they just waiting to walk. Got a different style on a whole nother level. Pray to the same God, fight a whole nother devil. We ain't never been the same type. We ain't on the same flight. The battles of your life, I fight them all in the same night. So I came for it. Said he would change the game. He don't have that kind of change or the game for it. High flame, son. I'm from the underground. So if I kill him, he can see where I came from. The game cut. I'm just trying to get that feel back. So tell the best I'm on his heels trying to heal that.